Hello, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week, the Ringer is launching a new podcast feed called Boom Bust. It's a new hub for narrative podcasts documenting the rise and fall of companies, celebrities, and trends. Season one, hosted by our own Alyssa Bereznak, takes you through this spectacular journey of HQ trivia, the once $100 million industry-altering company turned disaster. Alyssa interviewed dozens of former employees, investors, journalists, and fans, bringing you the -the behind-the-scenes story of how HQ crumbled from within. Subscribe to Boom Bust HQ Trivia and check out the first two episodes out now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Right Reasons. I'm Juliette Lippman. I'm David Jacoby. It is the season finale. Season eight has come to an end of Vanderpump Rules. I can't believe it. What a good send off, though. Like, I, I disagree. Really? I do, in, what? Don't you I dare. I do not agree. Don't you I dare. Do we can end agree. this podcast right now. We can end this podcast right now. No, no, no. I want to hear you first. I thought that every single person that I have met or I'm already in love with had a storyline in this episode. Yes, they did put everyone in the episode. That is factually correct. But it was so, it was so disjointed and like, it wasn't a finale episode. It was like, this was like a middle, like no fights were resolved. And, And this show's not coming back for a while, man. There's no production this summer. And so we're just like, Ending on Sandoval and Jax, not friends. Kristen and Stassi, not friends. Like, mm. and now all, all I'm stuck with is like Danica getting into a fight with a rando from Vegas. No, thank you. That's not what I was looking for. Okay, well, let me go the other way. So this is one of the things I love about the difference between us two is I felt gratified, satisfied, and enjoyed that one hour and an extra 15 minutes of television. Thank you very much, which is not, I mean, sorry. Sorry if we gave you an extra 15 minutes of Vanderpump. I enjoyed that moment, but you are thinking like the lifelong relationship with the television program. Where do we go from here? See, I'm just like, oh, that was a good hour, 15. Great. Be like, okay, listen, I know the production schedule is going to be changed. And and they're like, these storylines moving forward are going to be different. What are we going to do with the the, the new cast? They're going to spin off. Like, so you're thinking, you have a five-year plan where I have like a five-minute plan. That's the difference between... (laughs) The seams were obvious is all that I'm saying. You could really see what they were trying to plant. Like Sheena being like this girl, she's just like me. But in 2012 is like, okay, we get it. So you're going to reboot with these new people. And this is new Sheena. It was just like very obvious. I didn't care for it. Oh, new Sheena cannot hold her liquor though. It was embarrassing. No, it sort of reminds me of the end of my favorite movie, almost famous where one of the groupies is like these new girls, they don't use birth control and they eat all the steak. And I'm like, yeah, these new people, they just don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're going to get to her, right? It. Let's table her. Yeah. She, doesn't deserve, she doesn't deserve to be like minute three of this pod. She really doesn't. <laughs> I wanted for the end of this episode, something, something we've discussed all season, we're going to play a game called Real or Fake. And we're just going to go through all these things that happened. And you'll tell me if they were real or if they were fake for the camera or somewhere in between. Are you ready? I'll tell you. I'll tell you my opinion. I'm not the authority. Yes, I think that was implicit. It's like when you write an essay, you don't need to be like, in my opinion, I believe that George Washington was the best president. Journalism 2.0. Journalism 2.0. Journalism 2.0. We were doing essays about ourselves now. (laughs) 
<laughs> we are. Anything goes in coronavirus. I guess okay. so. Schwartz and Max's trip to Villa Rosa. It was Max's first time. Was there a real purpose to this trip or was it just for the cameras? This went wrong. First of all, it's 100% fake to answer your question. 100% yeah. fake. Anything involving Villa Rosa is fake. It might as well be scripted, staged. They're, they might as well have like a call sheet blocking scripts, lines, like they have to memorize. Like anything that happens on that property is 1000% fake and just to advance the storyline. However, when the producers walked away from this one, they had to call the executive producer and be like, yeah, we didn't really get what we've wanted. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, they're like, yeah, yeah, I know this was supposed to like advance Max as like sort of like the next Schwartz or, or some sort of like connection between them, but like it just didn't happen. And then the, the executive producer's like, well, then how can we do this? How can we do that? It's like, I tried, I tried, didn't work, didn't work. And they kind of walked away from it like, yes, I can make it work for the show. Like, fine. And that's what we saw. Question for you. Does Lisa get paid every time they use her home as a location? I think that that is part of the package deal. I think that if they use her home as a location too many times, I mean, I think that at this point, her being an executive producer and her getting uh, points on everything, like everything, everything, she probably gets points on which is a WeHo wine that like, yeah. I think there is a business relationship that supersedes. Can you give me four grand to use my house? I think it's more like, if I ask to use your house too many times, you'll let me know, but we're going to use your house to shoot because I'm giving you X amount of dollars and X amount of points. Right. It's part of your overall fee or whatever. But it's more of part of like, a, an, like a, an undisclosed, an unspoken relationship, business relationship. Right. I thought that this first scene with Max and Schwartz really set the stage for a lot of what was to come later in the episode of sort of like torch passing. Cause it was like Schwartz was, it was like, Max, it's your first time at Villa Rosa. The air up here is different. You're breathing more special air. And he was like pumping it up, like getting him ready to be in Lisa's love home. Schwartz. Love Schwartz. <laughs> yeah. I love Schwartz too. I'm back in on Schwartz after I wanted Katie to divorce him, but I'm back in. And uh, even though he lost the marriage certificate on two separate wedding occasions, but whatever, we're just going to roll with it. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And this was a lot of like, I thought this served a lot of table setting. And I noticed that starting with the scene and for the rest of the episode, Max's hair looked really bad. And I was like, why didn't a producer tell him to like comb it a little bit better? It was too long. It looked like a coronavirus haircut. It was like a little too long and the part was off. Max is a very tenuous hairstyle. I mean, that's one of the things that I keep this hairstyle. It's always the same every day. I've got like a one clip. It's just easy. It's just always the same. I never have a bad hair day or a good hair day. It's just, it's just, it's not, it's not a variable that changes in the equation of how Jacoby looks. And I feel like Max is, I've noticed changes a lot. He does a good job of keeping a consistent, nice stubble facial hair, like beard vibe, but his hair, hair, I think that much like Jack's, I, wow. I mean, talk about torch passing. I believe that Max's hair will evolve season to season, much like Jax's has. If you think about mm. it, you think you've seen Jax, you remember Jax with one hairstyle, but you've actually seen Jax with 17 different hairstyles. The flashback to Jax in the pool with Stassi when he like needed the sock to, to put it in his uh, bathing suit or whatever. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, Jax used to look so different. It's basically just a reminder that like we all just gain weight over time. That's that's it's yeah. like if there's one thing that's true, it's just like we all just gain weight over time, and there's no one that's exempt from that. No one, truly no one. Um, so Lisa does mention when they're at her house that they are going to be doing a big photo shoot at Tom Tom, which kind of re- used to be a big part of the show is the annual Sir photo shoot. Oh they yeah, and they baked it into the finale. They baked it into the finale, and this is basically it now. 
Yes, it is. And uh, it was a good, it was a nice throwback. I enjoyed it. All right, let's move on. Our next real or fake. Brittany and Katie's fight. It was residual from the pool parties. And there mm-hmm. was a discussion about uh, is Katie a more egregious rage texter or is Jax? And <laughs> I thought Katie got a really unfair edit in this moment. I don't know about I, I, For some reason, I like on Katie's side. Why though, are you really so team Katie? It's so consistent <laughs> and such a weird flaw in your character. The way you ride for Katie. I don't understand I know. it. Explain I know. to me like, her redeeming qualities aside from the fact that you know her for a long time. You're just such a good friend. That's that you're it. Like, Listen, she's been part of my life for seven years, so I love her to death. It's like, no. That's correct. She's never done anything for you. She's never entertained you. She's never been right in an argument. She's never said anything that was so funny that you loved a couple times from me, to be honest. But like, she's just not, she's not contributing the way other people are here. But why do you position her in front of others? I just, I don't know why, but I just like instinctively defend Katie. I feel bad for her. I just feel like she's like, so much less fun and has so much less potential as like a star than the rest of them that I just like, it's like a, it's like a pity em- empathy or something. I, I guess I pity her. And so I'm on her side. It's the meanest way of defending Katie. That's possible. so disrespectful. That it, you <laughs> just, know. you just went from being so nice to be like, listen, I just, I just like her. Like she just speaks truth. I understand her. I relate to her. And then you were just like, you know what? She's so evil and so not funny. And so not fun to be around that I just feel bad for her when she's on screen. That's why I like her. That is twisted, Juliet. Talk to your therapist. It's basically true, though. You know, I I don't know. I just can't help it, Jacobs. Um, anyway, Brittany and Katie's fight, real or fake? Were they mad at each other for reals? I don't think Brittany can ever be mad at somebody, honestly. Like, I feel like I could run over Brittany's dog, like, outside of her house. And then it's like, oh, my God, I didn't see it. And she'll be like, it's okay, honey. Like, you didn't mean to. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there's this, like, she's just, like, that. got that Kentucky, I'm not mad at you thing, you know? Um, I guess. I think that Jax is, I mean, this is obvious. Jax is going to cause real problems for Brittany, you know? She, she has to, like, defend Whoa. him in situations. Wait, What? I you know, it's shocking. Jax is going to cause problems for Britney moving forward in her life. See, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. You, you, what are you talking about? Oh, they're going to be divorced in like a year and a half. They'll be divorced oh. in a year and a half. Yeah, they're not. Well, that's they're not. Sh- that's not going to last. Do you think she'll get pregnant before they get divorced? Um, no, because they're not shooting this summer. Oh, Jax needs interesting. A if the, Jax needs a storyline, Jax needs a storyline. If there's one thing we learn from this episode, I'm sure we'll get there. That Jax needs a storyline. And if he doesn't have one, he's pissed. He doesn't even want to be and on. No, the show. he creates one. He didn't want to have sex with Faith. He did it so he knew it. <laughs> he end up had on the show. to for the show. <laughs> you're laughing like that's not true. It no, is true. I think you're right. You're right. No, you you are correct. I believe you. I believe you. Okay, next. So I'm gonna fight. go fake Max- fake on Brittany and Katie. Okay, I'm going real. Next one, Max and Dana sit down. So this came out a little bit later on. They were building towards it. Dana says that Max is a sex addict because he's had sex with five girls in like the five weeks since they broke up. And she uses that as evidence of like him not really caring about her and not actually being upset about her and Brett. First question, is Max a sex addict for having sex with five women in five weeks? Absolutely not. If you're the GM of Tom Tom... And you look like Max looks, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to take like, first of all, that's a low number. I'm going to like, if you're there 
like four <laughs> nights a week at least. And you're only having sex with a stranger one of those four nights. Like, why are you really the GM of Tom Tom in the first place? Were you there for the money, well, for the career trajectory? Like, what do you want? Could be could be repeats. Could be like one girl for seven days, then on to the next. Who knows? Totally. Who knows? Totally. But yes. no, nonetheless, that is not a high number. I think that is not like pretty pretty regular for single guy managing Tom Tom, 25 years old. Would I be happy about that? No. But like, is that weird? Not at all. Do you manage Tom Tom? No, but I will also say that like there is a you made a distinct you made a really good point. Like there's there's repeat offenders and then there's um you know first time offenders. Yeah. New people that you have sex with is it's much more difficult. There's more involved. You have to get to know them and like text and flirt sure. and all of that. Like, but I'm sure that a lot of those five, I'd say four of those five, were probably just like people that he smashed a year ago that just like texted or came by that he was like, oh, this is easy. We know each other. You know, it's so Max easy to go back to old things than it is to go forward totally. with new things. Let's just say he's got a lot of contacts in his phone. Yes. And also like one thing that I want to say is this, I don't want to feel sympathetic for Max, but like, let's say you're Max and he gets around, you know, WeHo. It's one thing if you are an accountant that gets around in WeHo but your office has a security guard downstairs. You can't get in the elevator. You can't go up there. But like when you are max, any woman that you've ever met in your entire life, whether you had relations with them or not, whether they have your number in their phone or vice versa or not, whether you had sex with them or not, they can just come visit you at work and you have to talk to them. That's an angle. That's an angle. That's a little hard to navigate. You know, I don't like like talking to people I work with at work. Oh my God. Yes. Imagine if just everyone you've ever met like knows your schedule and knows where to find you and like your job is to talk to them. So it's a, I, I don't want to be sympathetic for Max, but I'm going to say it is difficult to navigate and it takes a certain sort of um, deft. If he weren't already the biggest loser for the backlash against him, which he received for his tweets, deservedly so, he's definitely the biggest loser of quarantine because Max in his second season was going to be like way more famous way bigger part of the oh, yeah. show and and like way more women were going to be going to Tom Tom because they knew about Max but he's had to spend most of his time in the spotlight home alone so he's just like a huge loser of quarantine huge I mean I haven't checked but I'm sure he's very active on social media I'm sure he responds to everything that he gets and just tries to like oh, keep this like Max vibe going because there is yeah. something forward facing about his job like his job is to Meet, greet, talk to, smile at every single face that he sees that walks in the door. Like that is your He's job. The face of Tom and I Tom. feel like he is now doing that. First of all, Tom Schwartz and Sandoval are very upset when they listen to this podcast and hear that. So I just want to apologize to those two um, North Stars of my life that I navigate my entire life on. But I will say that like he is his job is to put a smile on and talk to everybody. And I feel like he's doing the same thing on social because you can't turn that off. Right. Yeah. Once a host, always a host. The, the story of Max. Moving mm. on. Stassi and Bo, they went house hunting. Did they? Real or fake? Um, <laughs> Juliet. This that one does apply the- to the segment, but it was super fake. First of all, love the house. Love the house. Love the house. Love the I house. Really, love the house. I really appreciate Sassy being like, I'm not going to be another person moving to a modern farmhouse in Valley Village. I support you, girl. Nope. Listen, the modern farmhouses in Valley Village are really nice and also They're really great. expensive. Yeah. But I like that she wants to do her own thing and like maybe has a different style. I support it. Oh, you can't. I mean, you can't be the fourth person to move within like a seven block radius in like the Valley. Not but Stassi. 
It's not her. Um, the, again, no knock on the modern farmhouses, but those marble countertops. Oh, oh, those are beautiful. Yeah. Really beautiful. Nice. So much, just so much light in that home. I was, I was like, yeah. what? And they said, they said, they said two million. I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? And like, and, but <laughs> one thing I do want, I do want to celebrate Bo for a second. Is Bo? Yes. Two yes. camera was very clearly like, yo. I have a job. I'm not a deadbeat. I'm not quote unquote Carter, but I ain't paying the down payment for this. And this is going to be in Stasi's name. And I don't know if there's a prenup or not a prenup, but like I'll sign whatever. Like I want to make it very clear that I am, I am the sucker fish on the great white shark that is Stasi when it comes to finances and homes. I like that from him. I completely agree. It was very direct. It was very honest. He's obviously very secure. And he's just like Stasi is the number one. The New York Times number one best-selling author. So she's got this. And you know what, Bo? You're right. She does. I, I loved it. It was great. Also, shout out to Stassi. She's successful. I feel like Bo is like weirdly operating from a position of power. I don't know when, how it happened, but I like, like it, it. He wears it well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he's just like, they seem happy. Stassi was boring this season. Bo was boring this season because they are happy. She didn't really pick yeah, exactly. him. They're just like, a, they're like one of the boring married couples now. Yes. Much like real life, <laughs> boring married couples are your worst friends on reality television as well. Boring married couples love to hear about single people dating. And so like they all love Dana for that reason. Much like you of like course. to. to yeah. I mean, you know, I feel much like, like what? No, what were you going to say? No, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? Much like you, you like to hear about me dating. Yes, I do. Do you want to talk about it now? No, definitely not. How's the quarantine going? How's the quarantine going? Let's keep moving on. Are you still on the apps in the quarantine? Let's keep moving, Jacoby. Anyway, boring married couples love to hear about people dating and looking at houses. And this is not the house that Stassi ended up buying, obviously. But so this was like super fake, but then led to something real, obviously. Of course. Next. The Hollywood Reporter, this whole episode was leading up to the Hollywood Reporter photo shoot at TomTom. Real or fake? Uh, Real. I mean, you can't involve the Hollywood Reporter and have it not be real. But my thing is like, what's the angle? Yes, that's what I was about to say. It's like, what's the angle? Because if you're the Hollywood Reporter, like you're the editor of the Hollywood Reporter and Lisa Vanderpump's publicist pitches you like, okay, we want you to do a story on Lisa Vanderpump. He's like, Bro, sis, we've done 17 on Lisa Vanderpump. Like, what is the new <laughs> angle? So you've read the article. What read did, What was the angle? What was the angle? It was just about, like, how Lisa became a breakout star of this Bravo world. Like, how she went from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to, like, the basically the mayor of West Hollywood. And it was good. I mean, I learned a lot about Lisa. She ended up buying into Sir because her and Ken needed a, a work visa. And so they bought into Sir so they could stay in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they used to like own nightclubs in Vegas. And sorry, they used to own nightclubs in London. Like they're they're successful. Lisa is legit and she's interesting. Um, and it was actually a good article. I recommend it. It's like from back in January. It came out right when the season came out. So check I it out. I really like Lisa Vanderpump a lot. I love like, Lisa and, Vanderpump. And, and there, and one thing that she's done with this particular franchise is she ran into some trouble doing being a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Swimming with those sharks was a little tricky, but when you are the only shark swimming with minnows, like 
You just get celebrated. <laughs> she gets treated like a demigod. She's like a princess, like a deity. Like, and she's she's just like she is the Buddha. She's the oracle that everybody comes to for wisdom. And when you get that edit on like two or three different shows, it's just gonna bleed into your real life and the way that people perceive you. And perception is somewhat reality. Like, she's gamed Bravo in a way that every single other Real Housewife of Beverly Hills has not done. It's really true. I mean, also like. You know, it's you know it's a lot more scary than Tom Schwartz, Lisa Rinna, and Erica Jane, and all of those women. Exactly, and all of that. Way, way scarier. Way, and way. All scarier. of that, and, and in in the Vanderpump world, she is the queen bee, and everyone else is a worker bee, and all of the world, she's a peer, and just in peer to peer disagreements are very different. One thing I've also really learned from reality TV recently, this is really brought to my attention from Listen to Your Heart is basically reality shows where the where the people in the show, there's like an actual like skill or thing they do, like singing competition, working at a restaurant, like whatever, you know, working at the shore store. Cooking, making I, clothes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah competition it's reality. It's way better. It's much, it's, or it's just like when they have like a, a reason for being is more interesting than just like, I want to be famous on TV. And like it used to start out like there's something like weird or different or special about you. And now with reality TV, mm. it's just like, you know, randos. And I, I like I have, it better I have some when like, it's questions. like a subculture. Okay. I have some follow-up questions because would you say that you treat the way a chef on Top Chef is good or bad as a chef sort of influences the way you feel about them personally? But that's how I feel. But whether you feel like a chief stew is good at their job, <laughs> does that influence you the same way about how you feel about them as a person on Below Deck? No, it doesn't. But I think the show itself undermines the chief stew in a way the show does not undermine the chefs of Top Chef. So a competition show, it doesn't, it's like, it, I'm trying to explain the difference between a competition show is like you're better than the other competitors. Whereas a reality TV show that has to do with someone's profession is more just like the interpersonal relationships. It doesn't really matter how good you are at that yes. profession. Totally. Yes. It's like more of like a subculture. It's like, this is a look inside the yachting world. This is a look inside the partying people of the Jersey Shore. This is a look inside the aspirational wannabe models and actresses of West Hollywood. Like, I like the subculture, which sometimes is professional and, com- and competitive. And sometimes it's just like, a, this is what it's like. But I, I just like when there's like a more of a unifying theory of why you're supposed to care about these people. It just works for me more. Yeah. That's what I've learned. But like when That's what I've learned in quarantine. When I watch Lego Masters, it's like, if you don't build the best Legos, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know what Lego I mean? Lego Masters it, sounds good. What channel is that you on? You don't watch Lego Masters? No. Oh, first of all, I'm deep into Lego Masters. Do you watch it with Quincy? Of course. That's the only reason I watch it. And I barely watch it. Oh. By deep into Lego it's Masters, a, and I'm like walking by while good. it's on while I like get something to eat before I go back to my room. It is pretty <laughs> good. It's amazing it. what these people can do with Legos. Shout to Lego Masters, but let's not get stuck. Move on to the next thing. <laughs> next, real or fake? Danica versus the waitress from Vegas. So the Vegas woman came to be a part of the photo shoot to show the full Lisa Vanderpump universe. I believe her name was like Carrie. Was that her name? Carrie? Kara. Kara. But it's Kara, but it's spelled like K-A-R-R-A-H, I believe. Right. Okay. So she came and like somehow got into a fight with Danica that I could not really follow. Real or fake? There was another disagreement going on. And then Kara decided to like, involve herself just kind of body language wise she kind of leaned in to get in the shot 
and just sort of like was a little too drunk and or other things to like just lay back and let other people have their moment in the sun and on camera arguing. So she like leaned in and kind of put herself in the shot and kind of was like a instigator slash just like, you don't have to be here. You have nothing to do with us. Why are you doing this? And yeah. that, that rubbed Danica the wrong ways. I understand. But Danica then proceeded to attack her in a way which is like, I wouldn't say unfair because what there is no fair in this world. But it was just kind of like, it, it, it was something that escalated out of nothing. Like this happens a lot when, with couples. Like you have a small, tiny little disagreement over something that doesn't, it's insignificant, but you end up arguing about it for three hours because it just sort of like escalates. That's what happened between sure. Danica and Kara. I want to go real on this. I just feel like Danica like just w- got annoyed that someone else was like on camera yes. or whatever, whatever it was. I'll go real. I'll go real. real. Yes, yeah, she was yeah. mad. They were both mad. She was pissed. She was pissed. I liked it. Baby Sheena, 2012 Sheena. I liked it a lot. Okay, next. Oh, can I say something I shouldn't say? No, I want to say something I shouldn't say. Okay. I think that Sheena is disrespecting herself by adopting Kara as the baby Sheena. I agree. Sheena, be singular. Just be you. There doesn't need to be a second you. Just be you. Yeah, you're a unique snowflake, Sheena. There is no other yeah. snowflake like you. Seriously, you started this all. Yeah, she's a wannabe, like, plagiarizing, intimidating Sheena. Like, no, not intimidating. In- what? I don't know what you're talking about. There's a about. word that sounds like intimidating. That's like, oh, my God. Intimidating? I'm having a complete brain fart. Yes. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Let's I'm going to say keep that part in. I'm going to say keep that part in. Okay, Kaya, leave it in. Let's leave move it on. In. Real or fake? Sandoval's love of beauty regimens in West Hollywood. Absolutely real. Not even close so to being real. fake whatsoever. Not. You know what? I was watching that and I was like, I need a facial. I watched it and I was like, I need a facial. I've never had a facial my I whole entire life. Facials. Never thought about it. Never oh worn a mask. God, I don't even so know what facials. Great. I don't even know what facials do or what they are, but I want one. They're so great. I love a facial. Also, to quote David from Real World Seattle. That was the realest shit there is. Tom Sandoval <laughs> yes. loves a beauty regimen, a peel, This is a man massage. that shaves his forehead. Yeah. And he did I look better it. coming out of it. Yeah. And that weird did. suction cupping thing that they did to Ariana's butt. My wife was like, ooh. She was like, what, what is that? That was so, that was fake. That's like, I was like, that's not real. <laughs> what do you mean? Pushing, pushing the fat into her butt like that? I don't think so. Oh, no. Actual, like, effectiveness? No. But it seemed like it felt good. That was my yes. wife was like, oh, that seems like it yeah. feels good. Yeah. So we had definitely. to rewind it to watch it twice to see exactly what was going on. She was like, interested. She was interested. <laughs> okay, next. Schwartz and Sandoval, given the opportunity to buy into the expansion of TomTom, if they were going to do it, it was called the garden at TomTom. If not, just the garden. They bought in with the money they had made on TomTom itself. Real or fake? They were able to buy in with that money alone. Okay. I think there's actual numbers that were bantied about. And I could yes. be wrong. And I usually am. They said I believe 50, that they said dollars 50 grand each. a piece yeah. on top of like salary plus tips plus whatever, right? So like they're basically like the the creme de la creme, like what you made made. Like you're like your your net 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 after everything. You, you can either get a fifty thousand dollar check from us or we can double the size of the restaurant that you're named after. I mean, that is a ridiculous proposal. 
Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's a ridiculous proposal. Like it's like it, let's not forget the Schwartz bounced two checks in order to invest in the <laughs> yeah. first place. I mean that that is such that is such like a four TV fake proposal. I would love to to hear Sandoval being like, you know what, I'm out. I'm out. No thanks. Give me the fifty grand. Give me the fifty grand. Have like, a place I mean, next door on. that doesn't have my name on that it. There's nothing Go to do with us. Yeah, yeah, completely new staff. Don't break down the wall. New staff, new insurance, new piping, new everything. We're not even sharing like a sprinkler piping. Like like the logistics go into having that be two separate restaurants cost her so much more than hundred thousand dollars. It literally cost her millions more dollars for it to be oh, like a new yeah. liquor license. If you think of, if you like actually like become like a jerk about it, like break it down, it is so much more money to have two restaurants next to each other than to have one restaurant be bigger. It's not even worth the discussion. It was so, 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 so fake. So fake. Okay. We got two more. James's apology to Rand real or fake. I'm going to go real. Is I'm going to go like, is there like a, a James exemption rule here? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is anything Here's- James does real or fake? Is James sobriety real or fake? Is his cleft oh, chin real or fake? Does he, James is his DJ his ability mom. real or fake? Is his relationship with Raquel, is that his real mom? Like, like everything oh. with James to me is, is one of those things that's so surreal that it can't be true, but so true it can't be surreal. I can't, like, I do not want to answer a real or fake question with James because I fear in my heart that the question, the answer is real. Yeah. Everything with James is very dark. Let's go positive instead. Lala, you know, her handle on Instagram is give them Lala. Lala's good. Give me Rand. I need 200% more Rand. Rand Rand is so positive. Rand is just doing his own thing. All of the new characters that they gave us this season he was by what they far don't the know best. was in front of them the whole entire time <laughs> is that Rand is the true breakout star of the season. <laughs> Give him Rand. Yeah, I, you know, Charlie's my favorite. I'll, I'll I'll trade Charlie for Rand. Danica, Dana, trade him. Max, Brett, racist tweets, trade him. Oh, Max and Brett. I hope that they are not brought back another season. We'll talk about that in a second. But Rand, I would do like just like you know with Top Chef they have Last Chance Kitchen. After Vanderpump, I would be like around the way with Rand. Like I would just do like 10 minutes oh, sure. of Rand a week. Yeah. Go to bravo.com slash to? Rand and get yourself 10 yeah. exclusive minutes after this episode. And you can even promote yes. it. I'll watch it happens live and I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. Rand, the, so much Rand has gone so he's, he's gained like 200 spots in my power rankings of just people that I can associate a name with the face in the last six months. I've been so just people I can associate a name with the face. He's gone up so many notches. Only person who's climbed higher is Michael Jordan. That's it. It's Michael Jordan and Rand. Great 2020. The only people having a good 2020. Do you want to know what's true with both Michael Jordan and Rand? They both were like specters Whoa. that I knew about and lived in my imagination for like yes. many, many yes. years. But they never Preach. really spoke. They never, you know, I never got to hear from yes. them directly. Yes. But I've now heard a lot from Michael Jordan and more than I ever had before from Rand. And I love them both for it. I just let, I let totally these people understand. speak. <laughs> Yeah, and both of them have definitely like had sex with prostitutes on private planes in the last six uh, months. Michael Jordan and Rand probably have met. I'm going to say that they've met. Oh, yeah, there's a picture. If you go to Ram's Instagram, I've never been there, but I'm sure there's a picture with Michael Jordan that he posted like three years ago that he reposted in the last three weeks just to like catch the heat. I love it. I love it. All right, final real or fake. Jack's raging against literally everything in this episode. Lisa... His friends, Sandoval, 
the show. He referred to it as my show. I mean, where do you stand? There's a, this is touchy. There's a lot of conversation around the Jacoby Hasselt about Jax's performance in the last couple episodes. And there's been some, some hints that mm-hmm. I would prefer if you sort of uh, explain it than I did. It seems like Jax is intoxicated a lot of the time. I don't know with, with what. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. He just seems really like amped up. And I don't know what that is. Maybe he's just anxious. Maybe he's angry. I, I don't know. But there's something going on with Jax. But more than that, Jax seemed like he was acting. Jax was like, I know this is the last shoot day of the season. I'm going for it. And I think I believe that Jax is like sick of Sandoval. But I think that he, to your earlier point, he's like, my storyline is I'm no longer friends with my best friend, Tom Sandoval. And so I'm going to go for it and like have a big fight with him. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to sit here and act like I know that Jax fell back into an old cocaine habit. I'm not, I can sit here and say that Jax at one point used cocaine, but I don't know if that is the case here. But there you was don't some even know code. if he actually did it at some point. I, do, I mean, I mean, it's a safe bet. <laughs> I mean, it's sure. truly, I know you're being but a journalist. Know sure? I know you're being no. a journalist. No, 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 no. I know you're being a journalist right now, but like, come on. Even Jax would be laughing at this if he heard it. Like at some point, sure. Jax... Jax Taylor has used cocaine, but like, I don't want to use this as the Jax is back on cocaine storyline, but there were some code words like old habits came up a couple times. And like, yeah, is he referring to his old self and he's working on his problem and stuff like that? But I don't know if it is the C word meaning cocaine, not cancer. But I will say this is, I think that underlying all of that is not necessarily what intoxicants he's using or whether or not he's on this or that. It's more, he sees the wedding come and go. And he sees the camera put on him and he realizes that he doesn't have like the thing to deliver. He's not in a fight with his girlfriend. He's not cheating on his girlfriend. He's not you know, getting fired from work in, a, in an argument with somebody. And he's just like, he is, he needs to chew on a bone that is yeah. his storyline. And there, and like the wedding was it and the wedding was taken from him and there's just nothing there left, which I think, and again, I take it away from all potential intoxicants. I think that drove his behavior in the last few episodes more than anything else. Is his need to be spoken about, understood, and be on the television show. Like you, you learn when you talk to enough people in basketball. Like currency is just minutes in the game. Right. And I feel like screen time is currency for Jax. And he saw his his he saw himself being a little bit short in the bank account and said, "I need more screen time. What can I do?" I will just quote unquote rage text everybody. I've never used the term rage text before I watch Vanderpump. They use it all the time. Me neither. And me neither. Yeah. I've it's never heard. One, is this a thing that other, I want to ask, is this a thing that no. other people say? Uh, Are we out of the I loop? Only, I don't know. I think I, I just associate with Vanderpump so closely. Me too. But like shout so to I them for inventing this thing. Shout to rage texting. But I would say that Jax is really just trying to make sure that he solidifies himself as a storyline in the show, an important part of the show, because he is getting a little bit older. I think it's like 27 now. And he's just like, he's, he needs to be on next season. Like he stays afloat financially and he's in a marriage via this show. And that's what he needs. That's my take. I'm glad you brought up next season because I might be projecting and maybe this is just like me in my own head. This felt a lot like a series finale to me. A lot of just sort of like a parting of, of, friendships and like an end of an era of Vanderpump because like oh it ends God. with I'm not saying it's over but I'm just saying like that's what you're feels, saying that's what you're I, saying 
it's what it felt like. I, I don't think that it's like one of those popular shows, you know? So it's not like there's like a walk away from it. But, but you like, said earlier that they're going to have troubleshoot. They can't shoot this summer. So like that's true. something they can't control. But there's also this weird finale. That didn't really tie up the bows. They introduced this news. Like it's time to remix the show. So Juliet Lemon, how do you I, remix the show? It's a great, I think you got to get rid of a lot of the people. Like I would get rid of Katie and Kristen. I think Stassi and Bo get downgraded because they're boring and married. I think that you keep Jax, Brittany, and like maybe you have the Toms sometimes, but I think you can't get rid of Katie without getting rid of Schwartz. I would, unless they're really not married, unless they're still really not married, (laughs) and then which is raised. I don't know, but I think you need a fresh cast. I think you got to build around. Kara, who I presume was going to move to California until COVID. So she's probably like screwed. She was like, fuck, now I got to stay in Vegas. She's and so upset. Yeah. She's yeah. so upset. I she's think probably from like around- Bancor, Maine, too. It's just like she's just yeah. like, she's back in Bancor, just like eating lobsters. You got to build around, the- sir. I think you go back to basics. Maybe it's Tom Tom. You pick one of Love the it. restaurants and you find the young Tom cast. Tom. Yeah. It's probably Tom Tom. And you get you fire Max because he sucks, and you get a, a a new cast of just people who actually do work together and fight and see what happens. I'm not I'm not sold on Dana. I think that you I think you keep Charlie and Danica and the rest you recast, and you're just sort of you kind of like you have the old people come in once in a while, but they're not they're they're not you don't build around them. Yeah, I think you can't. I think it's still Vanderpump Rules. I think it still yeah, has still the Lisa. same open. It just gets bigger. But I think like, as producers, you just where you choose to focus your storylines shifts. Yes, you're going to get a Stassi and Bo wedding, which will include everybody, which kind of like thwarts your plan a little bit. But like you've got a two year plan. Yeah, once I mean, Stassi some- and Bo are married. <laughs> what do we need from them? One of these couples needs to have a child, and it's gonna happen soon. And like that's boring. I don't want to watch Schwartz and Katie try to figure out how to be parents. I feel like it's gonna be horrifying. No thanks. It'll be like watching a teen mom oh. season, but they're in their thirties. That's a good point. And I don't. If oh, here's a great question. And I'm, I'm gonna open this up to the uh, four people that follow me on Twitter. Who's the first couple to have a child? I'm going, I'm going to go, oh, fuck. I got it. I think it's, I think it's Brittany and Jack. Oh, Lala and Rand. I was saying, no, Brittany and Jax. Yeah. Brittany and Jax. Jax just needs something new to do all the time. And she's very traditional in her own way where she'll like want to have a kid soon. Yes. Yeah. But like Jax is just like, he wants to have a kid soon just to have something new in his life that he can move on from in six months, which is not great for the kid, but whatever. We'll see is there anything more horrifying than Jax Taylor as a father? I mean, name something but what, other than what, coronavirus. What is the kid's last name? What is the kid's last name on his birth certificate? Brittany has said that when they have kids, they're going to be using the name, his original name, Couchy. So soon he'll be Jax Couchy, father of Jax Jr., but I, I feel like I, Anthony Fauci has really like made that name more acceptable. You know what I mean? Couchy and Fauci. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah for sure. I feel like it's, it's a prestige name at this point. Hard to believe Jax hasn't made his way into like the White House somehow. I don't know, man. It was a weird season. I think it was a real like seasonal change or a real tide change for the show. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens next. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it. I'll report back, but... Bravo yeah. is screwed. I mean, they do so much summer production. 
Oh yeah. I mean, it's a, it's tough. I just don't want to see zoom reality TV shows, but I feel like one thing that's happening that when you're getting it, which I feel like is real, real, real is there's going to be a meeting with the powers that be the Jedi circle of Bravo. And they're gonna be like, what do we do with Vanderpump? It's been one yeah. of our most successful franchises, but like, let's be honest. If we're being honest with each other, like the production company is not in the room. It's just us. We're at a little bit of a fork in the road and we need to remix the remix in order to evolve moving forward. Yeah. Like there was a time where they were like, Jersey Shore, we're done here, you know? And like, that might be the time soon for Vanderpump. Oh, don't you dare people. say that about Vanderpump. I'm just saying there's need to like, they need to inject some new life into it, which they tried this season, but it's going to be, as you pointed out many times, it's going to be difficult to sort of like do that for next season smoothly. I think it's going to be a little more rough of a change between this season and next season. Which means like some I mean, people that expected checks, some people that expected checks from Bravo are not getting checks from Bravo next year. Looking at you, Brett, it's not happening for you, man. Oh, I'm looking at Stasi and Bo's wedding. Oh, oh, well, I mean, they're supposed to be going to Rome. I mean, who's going to Rome for a wedding? It's fucking well, Rome, Corona Rome season. Is, Rome is way safer than literally where I am right now. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're, they're like, that's crested and they're coming down. But I will say that who, who's internationally traveling? If if you are Stasi and Bo, the coronavirus has changed a lot of our future plans. But if you're Stasi and Bo, yeah. it has dramatically changed theirs because they expected like a at least a subsidized wedding that was televised that yeah. was like a big deal that everyone was at. There was a major storyline on a major show on a major network. Right now, they're looking at like okay, look maybe we'll uh, you know. Do something quiet. Backyard social distancing wedding in October yes, in yes, Los Angeles. Yes. And like our setting nice up the chairs. Home. Setting up the chairs for a wedding during social distancing is gonna be so sad. It's like, all right, put up one down, if one I, chair, four paces. All right, this is, this is where the father of the bride will be. Three paces. This is where the mother of the bride will be. Three paces. This is where the brother of the bride will be. Oh, that's sad. If I were engaged, I would just get married and be like, okay, we'll have a party at a later date. And then people will be so excited to party when it's safe that you'll have the best wedding ever. Yes. I I've I've seen I've seen one wedding get postponed until June. There was supposed to be June 2020, go to June 2021. And I've seen one wedding be like, here's an Instagram picture of the two of us that just got married in City Hall. Yeah, that's what I would do. But you know, everyone, just follow your happiness. Vanderpump people, stay safe. Uh, let's yeah. let's just do a, a quick challenge check-in. We don't need to belabor it too much, but uh, I really want to talk about Jordan. This was an interesting episode. Um, most notably, uh, there was a lot of like ganging up on on like one person. Like people picked on Nelson. People mm-hmm. picked on last week. We're picking on Anissa. People are picking on Jordan. And Jordan went home, which I think you know. Sorry for the spoiler. But I just want to like appreciate Jordan. I this man like literally was Preach. given the worst possible challenge for him. He has one hand. He and this was a hand. This was a challenge based on holding on to a pole. He didn't back down. But he's he won. Let's he, not sleep. Like he hasn't won challenges in the past, or like tug of rope, or like other things yeah. in which you would think having one hand would be like a default. You're going to lose, which he has found a way to win. But this particular one. No chance. And the idea that no John, Johnny and Wes were the ones that had to do it. Like you could even hear in their interviews that didn't feel great about it. I know. It's like, this is fucked up for Jordan. Also like Fessy is double his size. Fessy is fucking huge. But like, 
Jordan's just amazing. I, I have to say. I would say, pick Jordan in seven out of 10 challenges. I've watched a million challenges. If you pick, if you just randomly spun a wheel and a challenge came up, if you're like, all right, it's going to be Festy versus Jordan. We're going to spin this wheel of 20 challenges you've seen before. Who do you think is going to win? I would pick Jordan. I would have. So would have you. Yeah, 100%. And also, I just, I honestly, like, Jordan is so tough. He's, like, always, like, he's clearly, like, playing a part of, like, I'm the schemer, and this is how I see it working out for me and Tori, and, like, always talks really dramatically to the camera. I thought at the end when he was crying, and he's, like, anyone who has disability, he kept, anyone who has a disability, oh and then he kept repeating the Nike slogan, just do it, just do it, just do it. Just do it. It was weird. Really moving. I it was it extremely, was moving, extremely inarticulate. But also extremely yes. moving. It was inarticulate, yes. but you felt the emotion of the words. The words, if you yeah. wrote down the words and read them to me, I'd be like, what are you saying? But if you watched it, I'd be like, oh, I feel you, Jordan. And one thing that I want to celebrate about Jordan, which has nothing to do with his hand, nothing to do with his gameplay or any of that. Um, I really like when he did fashion this season. Like the overalls. Yeah. And it seemed like a lot of his stuff had like holes in the shoulder or like weird holes in it, like in the bowl cut. Like he really yeah. went... Went out on a limb, like satorically this season, which I felt like paid off in terms of his power rankings in my book, which he doesn't care about. It's, it's satorially. I just just want to say, but satorically, um, he, he it, was intimating cool. someone satorically. <laughs> <laughs> I he was going for like farmer chic, but it was like very fashion forward. I could see that yes. like probably is really popular in LA. Yeah, he yes. looked good. I don't know. I just like, I got a real soft spot for, for Jordan. Similarly, I was like out on Johnny Bananas for a long time. I don't know why. I just had like, he's like rubbed me the wrong way one time. What? I'm so hard back in on Johnny Bananas. Oh, I yeah. like love that. I love, I'm like Johnny, Johnny this season is so great. He's like chilled out. I've talked about this a lot, but I, I liked how much he was appreciating Jordan. And I like that the West and, and Johnny, the West Johnny thing has come out. He's like they Yoda and baby Yoda at the same time. Like Johnny Bananas <laughs> is like, he's like a snake eating its tail of youth. It's just like, he's, he's just kind of like he's self-actualized. He knows yeah. who he is at this point. And it also helps. He's like got another gig and like other things going on and sort of like expanding his portfolio. And he just sort of sees the game and like the world in a way that seems very mature that I appreciate at my stage in life. But I can imagine if I was like 24 watching this show for the third time, I'd be like, get this old guy off the show. You know what I mean? I think he's in love. I think he, uh, he seems like a man who's happy in his relationship. Good for him. I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for Me him. Too. Let's talk about Kayla and bear for a minute. Um, uh, a minute. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a few minutes. Are you going to so lay Kayla- out while I talk about them for a minute? Cause I have a lot. Kayla will not cop to hooking up with Bear in direct terms. She like says in her confessionals, whatever I've been doing with Bear, you know, me and Bear, whatever I've been doing with him. And then he's like, Kayla, I love you. And then meanwhile, I I saw on the internet that after the show, Bear and Kayla broke up because Bear was too much of a player. So I'm just like so confused about everything having to do with Bear and Kayla. I mean, I'm not confused. It's like, you know, I was about like to say, confused the, moment. the right word is confused the right uh, word. They're fucking in a bunker. Like, okay, I get yes, it. And yeah, like, they're having, yeah. a, they're having a really fun time. But it's just like, why won't she admit it? Like, does she think her boyfriend won't get the message from watching this show? Like, I don't really understand. It's hard for her to be on camera 
and to be on social, because she's like one of the few people I follow on social, to be so committed to this one relationship and to have this guy who's kind of like a, you know, they, there's a term they use for him on the show. You say it, I won't. Fuck boy, I'll say it. He was kind of just like a joke of a person, a fun joke of a person, someone who I could totally see myself in her shoes enjoying in a bunker situation and tricking (laughs) myself into feeling like a bunker situation was real life in which I would risk it all and throw away this years-long relationship. When you're with somebody for years, like you've been through stuff. You know what I mean? Like like you share experiences. To throw that away for bear is so embarrassing bear a sing for her that like of course she's like trying to distance herself from it like of course she's like embarrassed of it, it and, like, is not so embarrassing yeah i mean like if you're like one of mikey's best friends and if he's like Sheena, I, yeah wait Sheena's, Sheena's really tight with mikey yeah okay so Sheena, Sheena and mikey are talking Sheena and kayla broke friend had a friend breakup because Sheena put mikey's side Oh yeah, I would take Mike. I would take Mikey's side too. Great stuff. And I would, I mean, honestly, like if you're one of Mikey's friends and he's just like crying over a beer, I'd just be like, look, dude, like she was never yours. Like she was never Kayla. Kayla's gonna Kayla. She belongs to the streets. You know, if she's gonna flip to bear that quickly after three years, like she is not your girl. I feel like there's a real hierarchy in the friendship of Kayla, Nani, and Jenna. Kayla's oh, yeah. very clearly third, third in that group. And oh no, Nani's. I, just, I mean, first of all, Jenna's barely second. It's like Nani, and there's like a there's like four open spaces, and then it's Jenna, and then two open spaces, and then Kayla. I just feel like Kayla is. They're like, we really want to help Kayla get into the tribunal so that she can save Bear, and then like just a total doesn't work out. Just an absolute fail. Of course. Of course. Absolute fail. Try harder, girls, if you really want Bear to stay, because now he's gone. Can't believe it didn't work out. Um, this week, there was no pyro, but there was a lot of foam. Which mm-hmm. do you prefer, pyro or foam? Pyro. I mean, I want to... Can we have, a, as a guest, the pyro tech for this program? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Phone calls, it's going to take whatever. But one thing I did love is bananas being like, listen... If there's, I invented foam. Like this one thing, I know it's a foam part. I loved it. He said, I used to be the king of spring break. So I, I think I can survive some foam. Have you I been to a foam that. party? I have not. I think you're too have young. You? Foam party was very much in my target demo in like 1998 in like Cancun. They would have a foam party, but like it gets old quick. I went, I, I didn't go to Cancun. I went to Miami with two of my camp friends. And, you know, we were in Miami, so we were 18, so in our senior year of high school. So we went on a booze cruise that, like, advertised that it takes you to international waters so that when you're 18, you could drink. So, like, hey. you get to, like, a certain point, And, like, it's, like, these secret doors on the booze cruise open. And, like, just, like, people, like, just people holding, like, test tube shots just, like, pour out of these secret yeah. doors. Like, international waters, you can drink. I remember just making out <laughs> some complete rando in international waters on this booze were. cruise. Of course you were. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't have a phone party as a result. Great stuff, no. though. But I could totally see bananas. You know, he also like went to Penn State. I feel like I just feel like he was like in the thick of like Big Ten foam party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shotgunning beers for breakfast. One thing I loved about bananas was catching the reflection of the light to memorize the, the sequence. 
Yeah. That was brilliant. It was like, you do not have to be faster, better, stronger. You just have to be smarter for a lot of this stuff. A lot of it. What Wes and Johnny talk about games. So like the and, and sometimes they live up to it. But like they really are right now. And like they're like, this is why you guys are the vets that you are. I get it. You know? Well, I know that Wes and Johnny do well this season because they're so available for interviews. Not just with Julia Lemon, but just like with everybody, because I see it on social. Ouch. You know, Ouch. if you get bounced in week two, if you get bounced in week two, you're not like, hey, let's talk about the season. Let's talk about the season. Everyone wants to talk to me about the season, you know? So I know that they yeah, go pretty far. you don't have a lot to offer. I just love Wes. I have such a, such a s- soft spot for him. But, you know, I, I just love the challenge. I've always been as positive, except about Kayla and Bear, but it's just such a great show. The big winner this week is Nelson. I mean, everyone was gunning for him. Basically, all the girls hate Nelson. All the girls hate he's Nelson. Not the big, he is not the big winner. He is not the Who big winner. It? I mean, like, to me, Nelson got caught, called out during the, like, tribunal's not the right word, but when they all vote on somebody and they're all sitting around the same room, like, yeah. literally 12 people stood up and be like, this man has promised to never call my name. And, like, it's mathematically impossible to live up to all those promises. That wasn't great for him. And his fashion choices are just very questionable. He dresses like an extra from one of Usher's music videos in 2003. I am so glad you said that. I would have never been able to articulate it that way. <laughs> it's like he was in like the My Way like era Usher videos, you know, like and and I don't know. He's like a backup dancer. Yeah. He had like, like a Versace knockoff jumpsuit on. They're like, how do you pack that for cold weather? It was shorts and like short sleeves. And they're like, everyone else is like breathing. You can see their breath. And he was like, no, I need to get this fit off. I don't care what temperature it is out. I'm getting this fit off. And then Bruce is like, are you sure, dude? He's like, yes, this is what I'm wearing. I'm, I'm really into the fashion this season. It's like a mix of like horrible. I don't care how I look because we're in a bunker athleisure. And then some like, I'm taking a risk because it's our one night out in the club in Prague. And then yes. like a lot of jackets because it's cold. I'm really into I love, it. I, I, I like love how Fessy went from like winning the challenge to like Heath Ledger and Brokeback Mountain in like a second. In like one <laughs> camera cut. He was like in full athletic gear winning the challenge to like Heath Ledger, Brokeback Mountain, about to get it on with Jake Gyllenhaal. I love that. And I also love this. They go to the same bar every time. Every time. It's probably the only bar nearby. And they go to the same part of the same bar, too. The same part of the same bar. Well, someone told me it's Prague. Someone told me it's Prague. It's right outside of Prague. Yeah, but Prague has got a lot of bars. I've never been, but I'd like to go one day. When I worked at my summer camp in the summer of 2005, I've talked about camp a lot this episode, more than usual, and I always talk about camp. Um, Anyway... We, you, there were only like two bars to go to. So you'd always go to the same bar, but it kind of like added to the mystique of like, it's the night out. Where are we going? We're going to Colatina. It's like, you know, and then you have like your moves when you get there. I kind of get it. Like fits, it fits the bunker vibe. It's like, you're either in the bunker or you're at the bar and nowhere else. Maybe at a challenge in the foam or in the fire. Yes. I did. I did love, I did love the fact that they're like, we're going to put everybody in a bunker. Everyone's going to start acting crazy. And we have a challenge. It's called disinfectant. I was just like, just stop. Like, just stop MTV, the challenge. This is getting too close to home. Too close really to home. They're committed to the bit. They're so committed. I don't to know the how they did this. I really feel like Justin Booth is responsible for the coronavirus and they cannot walk me off that. On that note, I can't believe we're, I think we're like halfway through the season of the challenge. It's, it's been good so far. I'm, I'm loving having it. 
You should all get into it. If you've made it this yes. far in the podcast, you're not watching. Incredibly strange, but thank you for listening. I think we'll be back next week. No more Vanderpump. We're going to sidebar about that. But Jacoby, I mean, we still got the challenge to discuss, you know, and so much of else. Of course. Um, Real Housewives is going strong. We're very close to the finish of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Sailing Yacht, yeah. We have Joey and I, my wife, were watching last night, right? We're watching Sailing Yacht. We're enjoying it. We're like, but what's next? It's coming to a close. Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles is on the horizon. Yes. Below Deck Mediterranean with the return of Captain Sandy is on the horizon. I'm so excited. Which I like to think that this means the remix of Julia and Jacoby hosting the right reasons is on the horizon. Don't kill my (laughs) dreams. Don't kill my dreams. Bitch, don't kill our dreams. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back.